You are listening to the Gen Zen Broadcasting System. Hi, Smarts and Cheap Pops! Ladies and gentlemen, this is the Silicon One, Steve Valion with the Impeller, and we are gearing up. Did you get it? For full gear, where Hangman, Adam Page, and Kenny Omega will have their blow-off of over a two-year story. And, Paler, how excited are you for this Saturday night, AEW's third full gear? In terms of blow-offs, I don't know if I've ever been more excited for a blow-off in my life. And I've seen some of those attractive women you used to roll it back in your university days. You know it, bro. So I, what I wanted to start off with, first of all, folks, if you haven't been watching us and you haven't been paying attention, checking our YouTube page, we are creating the saga of Kenny Omega historical, but with a focus on being the elite because that's what we really don't see a lot. Of, I mean, there's a lot of people that watch AEW, but these fine-tuned details that they have been throwing at us every single week for two years i thought was such a big important part of this and uh we're doing so check it out folks so we're jazzed on kenny omega and hangman right now and that promo last night and that segment i don't want to call it a promo because the promo itself just did its job exactly what it needed to but the ending of the promo my gosh, first Ken, well, let's talk about the promo and start from soup to nuts and then we'll get into it, get into the ending, which must have surprised you. I know it surprised you. Uh we'll get into that. Maybe not at the time, because it was really shit. Well, we'll get yeah. So yeah. hangman comes out, he's telling the story that he didn't believe in himself, he made mistakes, and Kenny's coming out saying, you blew this, Hangman, and this was supposed to be... And by the way, what I loved about this, they, they, they were telling that story. Hangman's insecure, it's not... And he has grown to the point where now people think he is ready to beat Kenny Omega. Kenny is playing the same tune. Hangman, you're not good in big matches. You're going to be a disappointment like you've always been. He's like, Hangman, look around. All this was for you. And what is ironic about that, Impaler, is that if you did watch a lot of interviews and you did see them, all members of the elite said Hangman was the heir apparent to being one of the biggest names in this business, particularly right. Cody Rhodes. So when Hangman said, all of this was for you, and then Kenny started saying, I care about you, Hangman, you can see it's weird. There's a duality with Hangman and uh, with Hangman with his insecurity. Some of the, he did some scumbag things to the Bucks early on in the storyline. And Kenny's duality. Which one is Kenny? And you saw this to last So after they tell the story between, okay, Kenny, Kenny saying you're not your disappointment, Hangman. Hangman saying you are afraid of me because you're afraid that I'm now ready to beat you. All that and the Abushi line. Wow. I mean, they, and, and what I love about AEW fans, everybody knows it was an Abushi line. And Abushi, yeah. you ask somebody in WWE who the hell Abushi is, I'm like, oh. yeah, I don't know who that is. And you know what? On that note, I know of Abushi because of the 205 tournament they they had on the NXT on NXT. He's not 205 anymore. He's jacked. He's 207 at least. No, no, no but understand, understand this. You know, most it was WWE. WWE yeah. yeah, yeah, and that's where I was like, oh, I'm like, and I remember Triple H was like really dying to sign him 
And I remember watching that tournament. I think he came in the second place. That was the one where he lost to, uh, uh, what's his name? T, uh, man, T, TP something or other. He was at WWE. They've released him. I think he's at Impact now. TJ. Yeah, exactly. He's the one that won, and he beat a Bushi. But, you know, hands down, Bushi was the most talented guy in that tournament. Hands down. I was like, whoa, who's this guy? But, yeah, just getting back to your point, most others wouldn't even know who he is. But every AEW guy, you know, in that crowd, they caught the reference. There was an ooh throughout the crowd. Yeah. And you got to love AEW crowd is right now. They are as important. It's not the most important part of all this. That and Tony Khan's vision and money. <laughs> Those are the two. And the, and the talent and the wrestlers, obviously. They're the biggest reason. But uh, so he says a lot about Ibushi, about how you you used to be in the shadow of another partner, I'm paraphrasing. And then Kenny says, you're going to be a disappointment, what have you. And a part of me thought they were going to end it with a handshake. And I'm thinking at this point in time, maybe Kenny's going... When Flair turned babyface after he feuded with Ricky Steamboat, and he turned babyface directly after that with Terry Funk, I was feeling is that something that we could see? Not that it would be a different situation because Kenny would lose. It would right. be something that would happen later down the line. But are they right, setting right. Kenny up for a babyface turn somewhere in the future? I still think that's going to happen. But um, I thought I, for a second there, that's why I thought they were going to end the segment, and then. Before we go into what happened at the end of that segment, I get a text around three o'clock. Hey, and you've been telling me all week, Don Callis, something's going on with Don Callis. He's not going to make it. Something's going yeah. on. He's under contract. You yeah. tagged me on social media. I was like, shit, dude, that sucks. I hope it's okay. I really hope I wanted Don Callis to be part of this. Yeah. And just to explain my confusion on this, right? I, I thought months ago, I read that they came to an agreement between Impact and, and uh, All Elite that Callis could work for All Elite. Right, like he sort of at like like relinquished whatever role he had in Impact. That's what I th thought I remembered, right? But then I'm seeing that you know Impact and A and A and AEW went in uh, on their separate ways now. That Forbidden Door sort of shut, and you haven't seen Gallows, you haven't seen Anderson, and also by the way, you haven't seen Callus around the same time. And I was like, wait, what is that? So I started doubting the original information I'm hearing because, you know what, we live in a world of marks, and maybe I was misinformed. So then getting back to your point here, we're watching this 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 thing uh, between this signing, and I'll just give it back to you as to what unfolded in the ring. So I'm looking at this, and I'm watching it very intently. To be honest, to be honest with you, this is the biggest part of the show I was really looking forward to. I mean, everything else was going to be gravy for me. This is what this was my main event, and luckily they put it on at the main. And I noticed the camera shaking a lot. I'm like, this camera works kind of shitty. They got to be better with their production. Literally said it to myself. I wish I tweeted it. And then they do the handshake, and then Hangman, of course, earlier in the in the promo said, "You said good job, Hangman. I'm proud of you. You didn't do it because you were proud of me. That's when you lied to me. You did it because you were scared." And then, of course, when Kenny sees him right before he leaves, he shakes his hand. They shake hands, and that's what I'm thinking. Oh, maybe it's like, good job, Hangman. I'm proud of you. And then, as Kenny's about to walk out, Hangman's a little annoyed because of what he said, looking at Kenny. And then, from behind the cameraman, boom, Hangman out for the count, eventually busted open. And the cameraman unveils to be the man who is supposed to not be around, Mr. Don Callis. And he quotes 
usual suspects afterward. The greatest trick the devil ever played was convincing people he didn't. He, I think he said he didn't exist in the actual movie, but. And also they prefaced the segment by saying that the elite and dark order have been asked to leave the building. Right. I mean, that was so just they, these little details. They, and you saw. Yeah, they further got your guard down. Yeah. They did everything that they needed to do. I mean, it, it, it was perfect. You go off with the baby face bleeding. Yeah. Which even tells you more Hangman's win. I think everyone knows Hangman's win in this match. Yeah. And Tony Khan had the balls to do it. We're going to get into that when we go into our picks. But and, and, and signing and signing it in his own blood. I mean, it was, I mean, you couldn't. I mean, is that a little gimmicky? Is that a little cliche? Maybe if you want to knit. I don't think I didn't. Th- I didn't like. I, I didn't think of that in any way. I thought it was a good way to wrap it up. I've heard people do that before because WWE signed contracts with blood several times, but they've been doing that for, I, for I, decades. I, yeah, but, you know what, w, but WWE didn't do what these guys did previous to this with this feud. So it, this it, is exactly. You hit right? the nail on the head. This meant something when the undertaker did it with Brock Lesnar's blood when he stabbed him in the thing with his with, yeah. with the pen that didn't really mean anything it was just a cheap shot or whatever this meant something everything right. they've done has meant something this folks I'm saying right now and I'm only halfway through this is the greatest professional wrestling story that has ever been told I don't give a shit what you put in front of me the closest thing you can come up with is maybe Macho Man and Hogan because they had love, he had lust for Elizabeth, he being not open. That's true. Lust for Elizabeth. So you met you hit the nail on the head. This meant something. What I meant when I said that is that I can see people saying that that don't like that don't even watch AEW and swear that they hate AEW, but they complain about it. You know, it's like because they think that we take shots at WWE because we don't like WWE. No, we take shots at WWE because they have given us mediocrity at best consistently for t- almost 20 years. That's why we get mad at WWE because we know how good professional wrestling can be. But All right. to your point, Kenny and Hangman, that finish was great. How did you feel when Callis showed up? How was your reaction? You must like that motherfucker. Because we don't get fooled that much. Taylor, when are you fooled? Well, you know what? I, I, getting to your point about the cameraman being shitty work, I thought twice during that segment, I'm like, man, this this cameraman, he must be new or something. Like He was like getting in the shot, and I'm like, I'm like, man, I'm like, Tony Khan's going to be sort of annoyed about this. I'm like, literally thought, said that to myself. I'm like, this is like a big moment. And they got like uh, like like Stevie Wonder out there uh, working on camera one, <laughs> but it wasn't. And, it wasn't obvious enough where we didn't see it coming. Yeah, I was just like, "Holy crap!" And I'm like, "What's?" And then it's him, and I'm like, "Oh, there you go." I'm like, "He's definitely a non-union cameraman out there with a with a fake goatee." <laughs> <laughs> and he was such a piece of shit about it too. He's like, "Ha ha ha!" Like he did it, and, and it's ironic that Dallas <laughs> gets that final shot. Before the match, it's ironic Kenny didn't put him down. It was Cal's. Well, he's the invisible hand, man. Hopefully, I can do something cool with the video there. So I just thought that promo was perfect, and I thought Mm -hmm. what they did was was perfectly just finish setting this table. They made the dinner. The dinners that they made the foods prepared. They the table is set. All they got to do is eat this food and. uh, well, we're gonna eat it. They're gonna make. They're just gotta cook it. 
But they have set this entire thing up as well as they can. All they got to do out there right now and not disappoint us is just have the greatest match of all time. Good luck, fellas. Yeah, the bar's not really that high. And it wasn't like they didn't have arguably the best singles match of the year last year in full gear. And it would have been considered as such if it was a championship match. All right. And I implore all our listeners, Impaler, you better do this. And maybe we'll maybe we'll do it a little bit of a pregame. It is imperative that we go back and watch the tag team championship match with the Young Bucks and the hangman match with at all at at full gear. It's okay. imperative because I know how Kenny books his matches. Kenny has dropped Easter eggs in each and every single one of those matches. One thing we have to look out for, and I mentioned this on Twitter, Hangman hit a very special move after Kenny couldn't in that match, and that was the one-winged angel, as you said. I would not doubt Kenny beat Okada in the second. I don't know if you know this or not. Kenny, when he beat Okada for the championship, IWGP championship, he beat Okada with a Styles Clash in the second in the second fall wow. it wasn't a one-way angle so kenny does like throwing finishers around to finish spots where wwe you don't see it someone will hit someone else's finisher that's never the end of that yeah you know if someone hits triple h with the finisher unless it's seth rollins it's probably not the end of the match right right so yeah, that's true AEW has it. So Kenny is above that. So Kenny has put Easter eggs in both of those matches because I know how he thinks listening to interviews with him. It's imperative to watch both those matches and have those matches fresh in your brain to fully appreciate what we're going to see on, on Saturday night. So that and that's just for, so for your own enjoyment, folks, go back and at the very least watch the highlights of those two matches because both of those matches are going to have something that happens that's related to what happens on Saturday. I guarantee it. Silicon Valley's friggin' guarantees it. You better lock it up. Well, I don't want to call myself an expert, but if anyone has studied this friggin', I mean, Jesus, folks, we're talking hours and hours and hours. You could literally use the term like, um, Kenny Omega hangman page historian as like a graphic like thing underneath your name at this point. It's getting there. We get, we have to finish our penance. We have to finish. I think we got to get three more parts done, but we're already in the process of doing the third and uh, the first two have been successes and we're happy with it. Um, and that's just the beginning folks. Now that we're doing these, these videos are going to be happening every week. We're going to do a montage type video, probably not do five or six in a week because they're a lot harder than I thought. A lot more time consuming than I thought. But one a week, you got it, folks. Just adding to the pizzazz for our monster launch in January, including a website. We're going to have all those details in December. We can't wait. And by the way, tell us if you are enjoying what you guys think are going to happen with Hangman and Kenny. Do you think it's a foregone conclusion Hangman wins? So please drop your notes in the comments. It's just it's just special. We're going to get into the match and what we're expect, what we're expecting and all that. When we come right back, folks, it is coming down to the wire of the H of the high spots and she pops pick'em championship. And it will be determined possibly this Saturday night. And we are excited as the unveiling will be taking place this Saturday. And Mr. Impaler, we're gonna get into our picks. We are deadlock tied after every freaking pay-per-view this year. 
And you've been up as much as four. I've been up as much as three. So this yep. has been a seesaw battle. That's, that's one hell of an image, you and I in a seesaw. It'd be sexy. It'd be a sexy image. Yeah, man. I'll have my cutoff T-shirts on and uh, my jean shorts. Well, if anyone wants to see what I'm packing, please check out my banner photo on my Twitter. It is beautiful. It, you know what? I... I I think Shawn Michaels, it came to, like, there was a, uh, uh, a tear that came to the eye of Shawn Michaels there when he saw that picture. It was a tear because he's a, he's a big Christian now, so he thinks it was probably evil. <laughs> he smirked when he saw it, I'm sure. He blocked me on Twitter, too. I don't know how. I never said a bad word about Shawn. You definitely have seen it said a bad word about Shawn. No, Shawn I was doing, word. well, if you didn't, so I'll just edit it out. Oh, God. And then I'm going to go back. <laughs> I'm glad Jesus forgave you because I didn't. Block. And I'll just do voiceovers of me talking, like things I've said about him. I'll just do voiceovers with an echo. I'm glad, I'm glad Jesus forgave you, Sean, because I didn't. He is an overrated bum, and everyone loves him because he's a big Christian now. Well, he was a real piece of shit back in the day. It'll just be things like that. I'm going to say the most blatant, terrible. That's a funny bit right there. I just got his 30 seconds of comedy. Bret Hart's going to love you. Again, we've been trying to weekly, on a weekly basis, trying to get Bret Hart to follow me. He's not doing it. He's, he is, if I have a bucket, hard to get. if I have a bucket list in this world is to interview Bret Hart. Oh, definitely. He's, he is somebody I, I really would love to interview. Um, just an empath, such a such a sympathetic. Oh god! And then I'm going to go back. <laughs> I'm glad Jesus forgave you because I didn't. Block. And I'll just do voiceovers of me talking, like things I've said about him. I'll just do voiceovers with an echo. I'm glad. I'm glad Jesus forgave you, Sean, because I didn't. He is an overrated bum, and everyone loves him because he's a big Christian now. Well, he was a real piece of shit back in the day. It'll just be things like that. I'm going to say the most blatant, terrible. That's a funny bit right there. I just got his 30 seconds of comedy. Bret Hart's going to love you. Again, we've been trying to weekly, on a weekly basis, trying to get Bret Hart to follow me. He's not doing it. He's, he is, if I have a bucket, hard to get. if I have a bucket list in this world is to interview Bret Hart. Oh, definitely. He's, he is somebody I, I really would love to interview. Um, just an empath, such a such a sympathetic human being. <laughs> he gave everything to this sport, and the sport. Damn, I don't even want to talk about it. It's the fucking depressing. Yeah, everybody yeah, loves Shawn Michaels, though. Uh, you know what, man? I think more people like Bret Hart these days. Well, because his stuff holds up more. Shawn Michaels was revolutionary at the time, but everyone's taking what Shawn Michaels did, and now you have Kenny Omega. It's not the same ballpark. Bret Hart's stuff holds up. Bret Hart's stuff looks like he was in a fight. He always told a story. Shawn Michaels was an acrobat. And that was his thing. He was, a, he was the first of the hybrid type wrestling. The AJ Styles of the world. It's, again, Kenny Omega, Seth Rollins, those hybrid types that are you typically the best wrestlers in the world. But, you know, Bret Hart's not a piece of shit, so. 
but let me let me say this in regards to Hart and him being more popular these days. Part of that is because the influence of certain current wrestlers that still give him the utmost of respect. You can start with FTR, who went and kicked the shit out of some guy that had the audacity to put his hands on Bret Hart in the ring. Uh, you can go right to, you remember that? Yeah, I just don't understand why okay. someone would do that to poor Bret Hart. All right. So, but like when FTR went in there and kicked the shit out of that guy as they walked him through the through the tunnel, the the next night I remember when FTR FTR came in on WWE programming, the place went nuts for them. Yeah. Well, the, the you know, and it's <laughs> FTR. Like, so you have like, so you have FTR that 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 adores them. You have CM Punk pushes Bret Hart and like he will like totally put him over any other time. Um. I've seen Serena Deeb dress up recently like Bret Hart. She also like, did the yeah. Bret Hart figure four on the post. Yes. So there you go. It was like he still like has made such a huge impact, you know, man. So it's it's he's eternal. I wish he they'd make him a, a producer, man. Because I mean he he's just what's funny. <laughs> He's a salty bastard, though. We gotta. That's the yeah. thing. You gotta. You gotta work with him, like you know, five days a week. Get out of here. I don't just think it's kind of stupid what you're doing. I never had to do that. Yeah. No, I just put him over. You know, stupid piece of shit like Russo tells you. Fucking idiot. Just a fucking <laughs> classless bum. <laughs> Bert Hartberry is the world. Uh, Bischoff, he's a piece of shit too. I don't know. Goldberg guys, no, he's a nice guy. I like Bill. Ruined my fucking life, but yeah, it's fine. Like he said shit like that. Now he's getting three million dollars a year to fucking almost kill the Undertaker. So you know, here I am. I can barely... It's okay. It's okay. Whatever. You know, I'm, I'm not bitter or anything. I'm over it. So we will be right back with our picks that could determine the very first high spots and cheap pops. Pickums champion. I am excited. My nipples can cut glass. We will be right back, folks. This is Silicon Steve Valley. I'm with the Impaler, and you're listening to High Spots and Cheap Pops here on Gen Z Broadcast. Hey, folks, this is Silicon Steve Valley, and if you haven't heard, I have my very own podcast. We're going to be talking about five values, the values of kindness, gratitude, hard work, honesty, and love. And we're going to be talking about what's going to propel our species into the next wave of the future. We're talking cryptocurrency. We're talking medical marijuana. We're talking real growth. And we start by highlighting things like Hillary Clarkson, who is our very first guest right here on Spotify. Check her out. She's the medical marijuana mama who's been helping heal people for decades. We talk about that and a lot of other things. Please check us out every single Thursday dropping here on Spotify and every following Monday on YouTube for a video. Check me out here at Silicon Steve Valley Show every Thursday here on Spotify. We are back. Hi, Spots and Cheap Pops. Impaler, are you ready? This is Silicon Steve Valley. You, you are the Impaler. And here we go. We are knotted up after... Some amazing matches this year and some really shitty matches. Yep. We are tied after a decent WrestleMania, a disastrous SummerSlam, great Crown Royal, and then, of course, three amazing Crown Royal. That was great. Wasn't it, the, it wasn't called Crown Royal. Crown right? Jewel, I'm sorry. Crown Royal is what I have to drink when I watch WWE yeah. to make it entertaining. 
I'm just, love, I, I'm I, just I, joking. I, just joking. But I, love, but I personally like Crown Royal quite a bit. So I was like, oh, but I'm like, that doesn't sound right. That's why we got it going up. So we are talking AEW full gear. And I am going to wish you luck to see if we get the purple beauty. That is the high spots of Cheap Pops Pick'em Championship. And we go. Uh, I did the all we're off. I'm going to play music right there, like Hangman Adam Page. And so Christian Cage goes against Jurassic Express for the versus the Super Click. And Adam calling the Young Bucks. Don't want to spend a ton of time in this. I think the Super Click walks out victors pretty easily. Probably will open the show. I have the super click as well. And keep in mind, folks, these picks, I have picked my picks before the show even began. I'm not going to be persuaded by the all persuasive one, Mr. Silicon Steve Valley. I'm not going under his spell once again, changing my picks because in some ways I felt sorry for him before the last pay-per-view. And I am ready to rock on to go win the purple nurple of all championship belts that has been provided. We just got the nickname. I was looking for it, and you nailed it. This one's interesting. So we both go with Super Click. Uh, interesting note of point of note. Adam Cole tried to introduce Bobby Fish to the Bucks. The Bucks were a little lukewarm. They said, if he says you're a good guy, we'll respect you. You're cool with us. But there's nothing to dispute here. This era is about the super is about the super click in the elite. And you know what? As an NXT guy who was also all about Mr. Adam Cole, baby, um, that segment really had some interesting undertones there because we're what we're gonna see is the battle for Adam Cole's heart when Kyle O'Reilly shows up and teams up with Bobby Fish. And what we're gonna see is who does Adam Cole, baby, decide to align with. And that is going to be money. Darby Allen and MGF, half of the pillars. This oh, is fascinating to me. Yeah. I'm going to, I'll tell you what, I think for a couple of reasons. I think MJF is going to be the one who unseats Hangman eventually. So I think he can take the loss here. And so I think Darby Allen pulls this one out. And you might see some dissension now with War Dog because there's been even more off in the last few weeks. He's been more and more. I mean, they've always teased him turning babyface since you know two years ago when he mm-hmm. when Wardlaw when Wardlow didn't beat Cody in the steel cage match. So keep that out. So I'm picking Darby Allen. Go ahead and pick. This is where we differ. I am picking MJF, but if MJF does lose, I totally agree with you. It's going to be because of Wardlow. They've been really just brushing that up especially lately and um they already set the the you know the table there where you know what like sean spears is going to be the new henchman yeah. you know and i i could see him but i just i have a feeling because you know and we'll get into the championship match later which i think you and i both agree on i just think that might be the next feud that the new champion might be involved in was with him. That's why I'm going MJF. Okay. Well, we'll see. But, but this is, yeah, but this is a close match, man. I, I It's hard to tell. I think Darby needs it more than MJF. And I think also, oh, yeah, I agree with that. Yeah. And I also, again, like I think I, MJF's, I think he's going to be the champion. He's dropped Adam pages. He dropped Adam pages name two two or three weeks ago. Yep. And then again, right. And they've also had a previous history just before 
AEW started and prior to AEW. In fact, he eliminated MJF from the original Casino Battle Royal where he got the title match against Chris Jericho. Right. There's a little history there. In fact, <laughs> Anya on the page said something to the effect like, I'm going to make you wish you had as much money as you pretend like you had. He said something like that. I guess MJF isn't super rich. I don't know. I don't know. I think he's exposing the business and I think it's fucked. <laughs> but so, all right. So we have, I got, I've never, never in my life that I ever think I was going to root for Darby Allen over MJF because I am a huge MJF. Yeah. But I'm going to be rooting. I'm going to be having my face half painted. Oh my. Oh, wow. And that's the only one where we differ on. I am definitely going to paint my face halfway. That's how much I'm going to want. That's how okay. much I want this title. AEW Tag Team Championships, Lucha Brothers against FTR, the AAA Tag Team Champions, probably the greatest Luchador tag team of all time. And they face the Lucha Brothers, who are going to defend the AEW Tag Team Championships. I'm going to say the Luchas are going to retain their championship. And it pains me to say I picked the Luchas as well. I just think it's too early for them to lose the belts. They already did the job uh, in regards to the uh, AAA belts for FTR. I don't know what's going to happen or how FTR is going to lose or what's going to cost them the match, but I just think Lucha Brothers reign. I 100% agree with you. And it's also too quick. They they yeah. deserve a much longer title reign than just a few months. And please, if Tony Khan, if Tony Khan is listening to us on that note, I'm buying in on the Lucha Brothers, but what I ask for is more Alex Abrahantes. Give me something with that guy. He has some sort of energy like, seriously, just let him start speaking for these guys, not like Andrade or Pac. Give us him with them. Next, we got the Inner Circle and America's Top Team. I think America's Top Team wins this one. Just, and I think I think Dan Lambert gets the pin. You know, um, you're, you, it's interesting. I, it's, it's, it's very interesting, but I picked Inner Circle. And when you said that too, I'm like, they could really be screwing with me on this. And on that note, with Dan Lambert getting the pin, I'm and I'm saying this as somebody who just picked the inner circle. If 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 America's top team wins, or America, what are they? Whatever they're called at this point. There's I forget. I always confuse. Oh, you have uh, who, who, what? What are um, they're men of the year? Scorpio Sky. They're men, men of the year. Yeah, that's what I always confuse. So America's top team. Uh, if they win, I'm gonna say Hager turns heel. Yeah, let me add something. And again, I say this is a Jericho fan. It's all about Chris Jericho. And that's actually actually why I picked them to win. But if they lose, it's it's they're breaking up the inner circle. Now we go to CM Punk and Eddie Kingston and Paler. Who do you got, pal? Hey, I got to say, after that incredible promo that they cut on each other, and I have also seen some sort of like pre-taped um, – video package of Eddie Kingston talking about CM Punk further. And I should have sent you a link to it or tagged you on it, but man, I, I and I, and I say this as an, as honest as I can be, I hated it. Eddie Kingston. I, I think we've spent almost an hour with my disdain for the guy. And you know what you said to me, oh, you watch, he's going to like grow on you. Well, um, the way he's been used of late, especially for like probably the last six months or so, he's been perfectly used. And this promo that he cut on Punk in that ring had so much truth interwoven 
with each word. And you know what was great about it? And, and let's just cut to the true chase. It was real. Every word spoken between them was real. And what they just exposed you to, they gave America a dose of professional wrestling right there and then. And then not in the active, act, like active, um, like match terms there, but within like the passion behind a storyline that had history that gripped the people. Like you look at Eddie Kingston and CM Punk, this is not Andre the Giant, Hulk Hogan in the ring, but that arena full of people had that attention as if those two giants of the industry were. And I got to say, that's where I was like, man. And I, you know, I, I really love Punk's return. I like Punk a lot. He's as real as he gets. But I love the fact that Eddie Kingston is sort of bowing up to him almost in a heelish manner. And he's still getting re- a positive reaction from the crowd. That's how passionate the crowd has become for him. They've sort of latched on to him almost like Mick Foley back in the Attitude Era. That is a phenomenal comparison. Yeah, yeah. So, so basically, man, like you know, just in terms of the uh, the, the promo that they cut on each other, it was just a, a such a beautiful sense of truth and realness. And I actually think these guys, there is animosity between them. This is going to be a little bit of a fight, and they're going to land some stuff in this. And I'm looking forward to this match. And this is just a, a good old grudge match. And right in the middle, middle of the mid card. It's a middle, it's a mid card yeah. match. Yeah. And and it's just and that crowd, and I'm really intrigued to seeing how that crowd goes back and forth because you know, it's to me pretty there's an indicator or two that Kingston's turning heelish, but it seems like the crowd's totally cool with it. Yeah. And then, and what if the crowd turns on CM Punk a little bit and they start booing if he goes on the offensive? That's going to be true. saw a little bit of that. that. That's what I was going to say. When he called him a bum, he got booed. Yes. Even though, I, and originally I was like, man, I watched it the first time I watched it. I was like, man, CM Punk was really harsh. But right before that, he called him a smug, mar- narcissistic, lying piece of shit. So, I, I'm sorry, Eddie Kingston called that to CM Punk. So it's yeah. like, I mean, that was the first shot, really. I forgot all about that because the bum meant that much more. Yep. The bum. And going back to it, I don't think that they have any uh, animosity at this moment, but I think that was definitely something that was thought of a lot. Because also, don't forget, Brian Danielson also mentioned that he didn't work hard enough and he was a disappointment yeah. Or they fought as well. And again, by the way, Moxley, if he didn't go into the alcohol, the Alcoholics Anonymous thing, you would have seen both men turn heel. Yeah. But it's not. Uh, and when we King, that, and Kingston's nope. taking the moment to step up in the spotlight, you know, and, and it's perfect storm, man. This is really intriguing, like seeing this match, man. This is cool. Yeah. So, but uh, CM Punk, I think, wins this one, right? CM oh, I agree. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I'm going with CM Punk, too. Yeah. But because of what happened with Mox, I think at the end they're going to have a baby face handshake, and they're both going to walk Ooh. up with respect. You, you know what? You know what my call is. Punk wins, and this is the first time Punk doesn't walk out of the ring without assistance. Kingston just turns on him after the ring, after the match. I don't know if Kingston turns heel. I think Tony realizes how popular he is. I think it would have been easy for him 
with Mox, if Mox was to turn heel, and then you could have had the story always should have been Eddie Kingston as the baby face because he never, I never believed for a second, no matter how tough he was, especially not with any build. I didn't think for a second he was ever going to lose to Moxley. So yeah, I was right, never right. fully invested in those matches as good as they were. And they were good. But when you know, when you definitively know the ending to the point where you don't even, there was no way Eddie Kingston was ever going to be the AEW champion. Then. Oh, yeah, I agree. They're just, it was there. And he headlined a friggin' pay per view. It's just like, why did that was one of the, my least favorite book pay-per-views that, that pay-per-view main events ever that they've done because I just I don't know it was like, but, like but, a team. you knew he wasn't beating Diesel but here's what I'm thinking is like my, uh, if they were going to turn Moxley and Kingston Maybe. heel anyways if they were going to turn Moxley and, and um, Kingston heel anyways um, I would I would personally have him attack CM Punk and turn heel as you were considering doing anyways, and then have Moxley should be coming back when what a month, most likely if he goes and dis goes and gets cleaned out. Like if he comes back in a month or two, you could have Kingston and Punk go at it still a little bit more, and then Moxley comes back and he and Punk feud against each other. I don't think they do that because I don't, I think Tony understands that it can very, very easily go. The crowd's going for Kingston at this match and him turning heel is very difficult to turn the crowd like that because they already know they're supposed to cheer CM Punk and they're not cheering CM Punk. So when Eddie Kingston turns heel, he might get cheered. So I think it would be very dangerous to turn him heel in that instance this week. That's why I don't necessarily agree. Okay. As you pointed out, Eddie Eddie connects with the fans too much right now. I think he might be able to get over as a heel. Yeah, I'm not worried about that. I'm worried about taking away from Punk's baby face. But also, Mox is going to come back, and he's not going to be booed no matter what he does because everyone's pulling for him. Andrade and Idolo and his new boyfriend, Malachi Black, against Cody and Pac. Cook. Yeah, Cody. What, what, what the hell is going on in, in AEW with this feud? I am so goddamn confused. And you're pointing out the four horsemen, man. You like, you're thinking that Andrade, Alistair Black, and FTR are going to be the new four horsemen? Well, I don't think that's a, a probability. But if you look at every single moving piece here. They're all three of four horses. All three of the four horses that really matter are all in play here. All three of them. It's kind of weird how they're all conjoining. But I'm just, it's got to be something big because Malachi Black and Cody and all these guys that are involved would not have a stupid, just like, okay, something stupid and cliche. And I don't know if it'll be a four horseman, but it's got to be something related to the members of the four horsemen because it's just, there's too many obvious moving pieces there for some reason. I think we're going to see something incredible, and I'm not sure what it is. I don't even think we can fathom what they're cooking well, up yet. Well, is, it, is this possibly like that the, the whole House of Black thing? This is the House of Black that's unveiling, being unveiled in front of our eyes, where it's FTR, Andrade, and uh, Alistair, I'm sorry, Malachi Black, along with Tully Blanchard, Ric Flair, and Aaron Anderson all together. That'd be weird. I could not see him doing that. Like Malachi that, Black is not. 
Yeah, like like honestly, Andrade even and Mal and Malachi Black, I don't see doing this necessarily. This it's the weirdest pick. You have three. I don't. I can't is one. You have three entities in this faction or whatever the hell's going on that really have nothing to do with each other. But right. either way, you have them in this tag match. This is an interesting one. I'm going to say Malachi, and I would say Malachi Black and. And Andrade El Idro. Cody always does the job. So I'm going Malachi Black and Andrade. They're getting over, and something weird's going to happen. And maybe this is like where Brandy turns. That's what I was thinking. First reported here and speculated here. We get back here with the American Dragon and Miro in the finals of the AEW Championship Elimination Tournament. The winner will presumably face. The winner of Hangman and Kenny, which we I think we know where we're going to go with that one. This one I struggled with a little bit, but I, I'm I'm convinced I'm right. I'm picking that Miro is going to be able to lie with his wife once again, and he is going to beat the American Dragon. It's going to be the first challenge for Hangman. Wow. I took the American Dragon, Brian Danielson. We differ again. That's three. So we got Brian Danielson, Miro. We got Darby MJF. Yeah. And we got Inner Circle. Yes. Wow. I, the next two are slam dunk. So I think it's that's more different. That's that's. <laughs> I think it's grammatically correct when I say this, but that's more different than I thought it was going to be. Maybe not more different. Um, yeah, I, like there's three. You you thought we'd be like more aligned and maybe be off on one. So here we go. Yeah, it's pretty incredible. So, folks, we got the two big championship matches left. I think Britt Baker and Tay Conte. I, I mean, I think we know Britt Baker's going to win this one. It's pretty much a slam dunk. It's one of the Listen, if you, if you were a degenerate gambler and you want to make a, a million dollars, bet Britt Baker. <laughs> She's not going anywhere anytime soon. She's not losing to Tay Conte. No. No, not at and all. And you know what? And you know what? I'd like to give some credit here to Tay Conte because I saw her in NXT and I thought she had talent there. And uh, that was one of the first talents that they sort of – she jumped ship, and I was like, man, maybe there's something not necessarily going right over there. Uh, and I, I thought that was a little bit of a misstep by NXT allowing her to go. And uh, even though she couldn't necessarily – she wasn't – they weren't using her on too many promos. I'm like, this girl has talent. And here she shows up at NXT – I'm sorry, at AEW. And now she's going against Britt Baker, DMD, for the world title at Full Gear, a huge show. So that's a huge step up for that star's career. And they've also placed the women's the AEW Women's Championship as a priority title. Yes, Britt Baker more times than not closes the show now. Like they, yeah. they again putting the title on Britt Baker changed this division. And I'm not sure why it took them as long as it did. Maybe they felt like Baker had to work for a little. They had the character Britt Baker had to work for a little more. We obviously know she's not shy of working hard. She's a fucking dentist and and one of, and arguably one of the best women professional wrestlers in the world. I mean, she's probably my one right now in terms of total package. Not Lex Luger. I'm glad you clarified that. So, folks, now it's time for the big one. 
And since we meandered a bunch, this is where I'm going to hit that music. And so next, so it'll be a little more. We go to Hangman Adam Page and Kenny Omega. Let me start, Shania. You? you know what? You can go for it. All right. So we got Hangman Adam Page, Mikey. And we see what he's been doing right now. You got him. He was turning heel on the box a year and a half ago. He doesn't turn heel. It's a redemption story. He's doing exactly what he's going to do. And I'm just thinking that there's no way that Hangman Adam Page doesn't win this match. The question is, Mikey, how does he win the match? All right. I couldn't do that for more than another 30 seconds. I was stroked out. Yeah, you get it. You had to calm the storm. So, but with everything they're gone through, we both think, I think, Hangman, you agree, Hangman? Hangman, 100%. Yeah, man. This yeah, is so like. Before, so that's not what I want to talk about. We knew it was going to be hanging. How, I want to take a brief second here. How are we going to get to Hangman Adam Page walking out the new AEW world champion? How are we going to get it out? I believe that uh, you're going to see something poetic here. And I think you had a certain idea about it. And I'd love to hear it on air here. Hangman Adam Page is going to be the first person on American soil to kick out of the one-winged angel. Wow. And Hangman Adam Page will also hit a one-winged angel. Bingo. I'm just not sure if he wins with it. I think he does. But those two things are going to happen. You know what that is? What? That's some cowboy shit right there, man. My question is, Dark Order, Super Click, who are going to have an early match, you know they're going to open the show. Connor always likes to have a heater, has a, a exciting but get the crowd hot kind of vibe. That's definitely the one to do it. Getting everyone to say Adam Cole Bebe is going to be amazing. They're going to have two, three hours in between. So they're going to be whatever. And the dark order is not even involved. They're going to, I think there's going to be maybe a scene similar to DX against the corporation when Mick Foley beat the rock. I think you might have that. Obviously it's different circumstances and it's going to be a different whatever, but it's going to be a similar vibe where you got two factions battling it out outside to preserve the match. I think we might see that, even though a part of me would just love them to just go at it because we know what they can do. Um, but it's just to say that I'm excited for this match is probably understood. Um, I, don't know if I was more psyched about the Okada Omega match, but I, this is close. I got—I I don't know yet. I, I got to figure that out. But um, and you're talking to a guy who woke up at four o'clock in the morning East Coast time to watch that Kenny Omega Okada match live. Right. Um, had Miller lights in the car, popped a Miller light at four thirty in the morning, ready to go. Wow! Breakfast of champions, Mister Valley. That's cowboy shit. Um, <laughs> So I, I just think it's going to be very poetic. I don't, I just don't know how they're going to finish it, but I know it's going to be very detailed. And you have these two guys have been, again, they have set this table up for all of us to eat 
And this is the final chapter of the story. And again, it's, I think it's the greatest story that has ever been told in professional wrestling screen, at least in mainstream. And you can tell me about some storyline John Moxley had, you know, in CZW in 2009, I wouldn't know, but this is something much bigger than that. And I don't, I don't know if I've ever seen, I'm a super, I absolutely am uh, in awe of how good this has been. And congratulations guys. Like I said before, now all I got to do is go out there and have the best match ever. What is you? How are you vibing with this? Um, I'm really excited for it. I think you're much more passionate and almost like your heart is attached to this moment. I could see you crying at the end of this match. I probably will. And if you, and if you do, I'm going to probably go live immediately. Oh, I better not then. I can't look like I can't look like that pussy that was cheering for CM Punk. <laughs> it became famous, man. I'm 100% kidding. I, I have a lot of respect for him, and I cry probably more often than he ever has. But this match between Kenny and Hangman, it's gonna be it's gonna be great, and it's um, it's gonna be one of the great wrestling moments ever, and it's gonna be one of the definitely a, one of the best moments in AEW history. So, just amazing work that these guys have done, and I just want to share my gratitude to them and all the fans and all the people that have been a part of the story. I'm being dead honest; this is from the heart. I am very, very, very grateful for what you guys have presented to us. We're just excited. So we got both got hangman. I'm saying that with the one winged angels happening twice, Excalibur always like two or three times has brought up. Well, on American soil, he, when someone says no one's ever kicked it out of Excalibur says someone says he always alludes to somebody might say different. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was just interesting that the hanger alluded to Abushi in that promo. So there's a duality of those two who kicks out of the one winged angel and who doesn't there's a duality there. There's a, there's a comparison. There's a reason he brought up a bushy. So there we go. So we have three different matches together. You pick Brian Danielson. I pick Miro. You pick MJF. I pick Darby. And then of course we have finally the inner circle, which is kind of a jerk off one. I don't even care about that one as much, but. You pick the inner circle and I pick America's top team and men of the year. Yep. Interesting. Interesting. So I'm excited for this pay-per-view folks. I hope you guys are too. We are going to record a, we're going to do a podcast directly after the pay-per-view and we're going to get a live reaction when we actually did it on Kate and that'll be our next episode. So I hope you guys enjoy it. Please check out our YouTube channel. Do me the biggest favor ever. Like if you like what you see and you like what you hear, give us a like, give us a subscribe. It's helping us out to give you guys even more. I can spend more time making better videos. Vlad can retire from managing three ski scopes that he owns up in this Catskills. You know, we can do easy, easy life with support from you guys. With you guys, so let us know what you guys think is going to happen with Hangman and Kenny. Smash the subscribe button. Here end of the lesson here on High Spots Cheap Pops. See you guys later.